Hey everyone, this is Thomas speaking. On behalf of Evan and I, we want to apologize for the audio quality at some parts during this episode. Our guests had trouble with their reception, so that's the reason why. Please enjoy. Hello everyone, we're back with Chapman Sports Radio, Panther Insider. Uh, I'm Thomas Doyle with co-host Evan Evan Andriola. And we've got two guests on today, uh, teammates of mine, Alex Rogat and John Bess. Um, we're going to talk to them about how they've been affected by the pandemic and talk some other stuff. Um, should be a fun show, and we look forward to you guys hearing their stories. Yeah, we're excited to finally have some guests on. Um, for any of you guys who listened in last week, it was just kind of Thomas and I rambling for an hour or so. Um, but the whole point of the show is that we'd be having guests on from the Chapman Athletics Department. Once again, if this is the first time you're listening in, this is the first. Um, this is the first radio show that is about Chapman sports. So we're excited to kind of include Chapman athletes in that um, and support them in terms of engagement and just kind of supporting their sports. Unfortunately, it's kind of a weird time right now to talk about Chapman sports because not a lot is going on, but we're still super excited to have our first two athletes on. So welcome guys. Yep. We're going to start off um, by having them introduce themselves, telling you guys where they're from, uh, kind of their story and what led them to Chapman. So we're going to start off with John. What's up, guys? I'm uh, John Bess. I am a senior at Chapman, and my major is business administration with a minor in political science of law and public policy. And uh, I, how my journey came to Chapman was I was at a junior college called Kenyatta College in Redwood City, and I was playing basketball there, and I was reaching out to schools, and I reached out to Chapman, and I, I heard a call back, and then, you know, some paperwork had to be done, send the transcripts over or whatever, and eventually I went on the visit, liked, loved it, and um, I think the rest is history. I, I think Chapman has my life for forever and i think it's like a great experience for everyone who's seeking to come thanks john alex do you want to go ahead uh hi everyone uh, my name is alex Roga. i'm a junior basketball player at chapman i'm also a business major in political science minor like john um this is my second full year at chapman i transferred in after my freshman year at chestnut hill college out in philadelphia um what drew me to chapman i think was the academics rather than the athletic I realized after my first year at like a D2 school that basketball, I mean, is a huge thing in my life, but it might not determine the rest of my life or my future. So I look more for like a better social environment and like making connections for life. And yeah, I think I kind of found that in Chapman. So like, yep. Awesome. So um, as you guys just heard, Alex and John are both transfers. I too am a transfer um, like John from a community college. So uh we weren't the only guys actually who transferred that were on the basketball team. Um, there was, I think seven or eight transfers and then the same amount of freshmen or so. So we had a team that was basically stacked with new guys and not a ton of returning guys. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how you think that dynamic of a group of a bunch of new guys and then, a smaller minority of returning players, how that uh, impacted the dynamic and success of our season. Either one of you can take it and then uh, the other can respond. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I think it was, I think we had a great 
team chemistry because I think we were all just trying to get our feet wet and see, you know, what our tendencies and skills were. I know in open gyms in the fall last year, I was guys wanted like what guys wanted in the post, for example, you know, like if who, what shooters, like what, like what spots. So I think, I think it was, it was good. And then the return, I think the returners kept us, you know, somewhat, somewhat stable, but obviously there's going to be adversity with a bunch of new guys seeing it, seeing, uh, you know, what they, what they want on the court. And, and yeah, I think, I think it was a great dynamic. And I think we've, I think Thomas and Alex can speak to how much, like how many relationships we've built, even just with us three, you know, we're living together. So I, th- I think it was a, I think it was a great dynamic and a great season. Yeah, I completely agree with that. When you have like high roster turnover like that, it can be a little bit hectic sometimes and everybody's trying to figure it, everybody else uh, trying to figure out the coaches, the school and everything. But um, I think that allowed us to like make our own little um, imprint on the program rather than just having three, four guys coming every year that kind of followed the same thing the previous guys did and everything. We kind of I mean, immediately made our mark. And um, yeah, I mean, I think especially with a bunch of young guys, it was, it was pretty hard at the beginning, I think, because everybody's coming, coming out of high school. But I think we all bonded pretty well. Everybody got used to it. Everybody was hungry. And with a lot of guys like that coming in, I think everybody wants to play a lot. So it really got pretty competitive. And yeah. I think that made us a lot better. Let's send a follow up about that was um, no, I mean, it's, it's funny to kind of talk to you guys because you guys are all like transfer students and you guys all actually came in the same year and I transferred in the same time you guys did, but I, you know, I wasn't an athlete. So I'm curious to talk about like what your guys' experience was transferring in as an athlete. And with you guys, it's, it's all about kind of, you have to become a team really quick. I mean, your guys' season starts I mean, it's not a fall season, but you guys are doing workouts right in the fall and you guys are, you know, get, jumping into stuff in October, November. So I'm curious, I mean, when you guys look back on you guys all getting to know each other at the same time, I know at least from the outside um, and, and talking to Thomas at the time is you guys were got close really quickly. So I'm just kind of curious, you guys all coming in at the same time. What was that experience in terms of, you know, being forced to become a team like right away? I, I mean, I think it was uh I think it was, it was difficult for me. I came in knowing like no one, I didn't reach out to anyone. So I think it was just, it's just, you know, building that uh, relationship and seeing, uh, you know, I think the off the court like, activities that we did were definitely a huge part in building that relationship. But I, I think it was, I think it was, uh, it was different for me because I, I came in just, you know, clueless about, what the coach wanted from me or what, you know, the players wanted out of me. So I think it was, it was difficult, but I think it was worth it in the end. Yeah, I can, I can relate because all of us came in at the same time. And, uh, I like, I have the specific memory in my head of the first athletic banquet. I think it was out in, uh, in between, uh, Hutton sports center and like the football field, the whole athletic department went out and it's kind of like a meet and greet. And there was, a bunch of teammates I hadn't even met yet. So we're all sitting at the basketball table, just kind of sitting there awkwardly. And there's a few guys who I'm like, are they on the team? Like they don't kind of don't really look like basketball players, but uh, it was just kind of funny that we had, we had built some friends just from Alex, uh, uh, Alex, our teammate, former teammate, JJ and Hayden and I kind of, we were in contact. Uh, we'd go to the cafeteria together, but there was still a bunch of unfamiliarity and, guys we didn't know so it was a little awkward at the start obviously uh all the open gyms we had in the early season helped to um 
break that tension and we all got to know each other on the court a little better. Um, so yeah, Alex, what do you think? Oh uh, yeah, I completely agree with the banquet at the beginning of the year. I remember when I first got the chat, um, me and JJ obviously went to the same high school, so we knew each other. Um, and they had like, I think freshman orientation started a couple of days earlier than uh, transfer orientation. So he, he was already here. And um, I think Hayden reached out to me, I think through coach Gregorian. So he was outside of JJ, the only person I knew on the, on the team at that point. So we were talking, doing moving thing. And he's like, oh yeah, I met the, I met this small kid. I think like he's a point guard. And then he was hanging out with, with him. That was Thomas. And they were hanging out the whole time. I met them the first day. We were just kind of like, it was basically just us three, like plus JJ, just trying to figure everything out. A little bit overwhelming at first, but I think having like somebody else with you at that, at that point, going through the exact same thing helped a lot. Yeah. Open gym is obviously fun for everyone to have like, 20 to 25 very competitive guys a little bit to warm together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't complain. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. That open gym part of the season is something we all look forward to because it's just free runs. Basically, you know, we're just having fun out there. There's not really a ton of order, but you know, we're all still going hard trying to get as many wins as we can and show the coaches and the other guys, just what we're about. Um, so I'm going to, change up the subject a little bit um obviously we are living in a pandemic right now and that has affected the sports that we're able to play um and even being able to like practice and get any reps in has been a struggle since march since uh chapman went online so john uh you and i are both seniors i wanted to get your thoughts on how our season was canceled this year and how you feel about kind of not being able to finish out your eligibility. So you can speak to that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I damn near used up all of my eligibility because I would have, even if I come back next year, I'd be a six year, but I, I don't know. It's still up in the air, but I feel like, I feel like it was disappointing because something you could not control at all. It was just, you know, some, it's something that's literally in the air that is causing us not to not play, but you know, I think, uh, I think it was, it was, it's kind of very difficult hearing the news and, and, uh, but I, I think, you know, well, life goes on. I think there's a new, there's definitely a new adventure for all of us, uh, especially you and I, TD, you know, going, going mm-hmm. to the workforce, you know, now we're becoming, uh, people who, whose lives are not focused around basketball. So I think it's, uh, I think it, it'll be, it was definitely, you know, happen for a reason. And I think it'll be beneficial mm-hmm. towards you and I. Yeah. Like during the early season, we all got here and we're kind of obviously Alex and John and I are roommates and we were discussing if we thought there was going to be a season, our coach and the athletic department would send out weekly, uh, weekly messages, weekly emails um, regarding the kind of the future of our season. But there was never any real clarity. So we're, yeah, we were just discussing that. Uh, yeah. And kind of on a related note, I had a question I kind of wanted to ask, um, well, I guess both Thomas and John, but Alex too. I mean, as someone, me personally, I grew up playing sports, but I'm now part of that, you know, retired athlete group and you guys, um, you seniors will be joining me kind of in that, you know, Alex is lucky enough to have one more year, but, um, I know for me, like sports was always something that I looked at as something that taught me so many lessons, just kind of like about life. And, and especially like you can apply all these lessons you learned in sports and just kind of like so much of it really applies to everything. 
um, whether that's like, you know, just work ethic and, and teamwork or whatever it is. So I'm curious in terms of like with the adversity that you guys had to face with the pandemic and and just kind of like your careers as athletes, what's something that like you'll take away um, after your athletic careers as something you'll always remember is that you learned as an athlete? Um, I think what you take away, what you take away the, the characteristics that you need to build the team. I think you need, you need, first of all, a leader, you need a leader and whether you, or you could be like a leader can be the quiet leader for sure. I think that's what, I think that's what I am. I try to be is, you know, quiet leader. That'll be like, pull you to the side and Hey, be like, you did this wrong. Like I want like you, but you did this right. It was constructivism too. I think is also a huge part because I think you, just blindly just criticizing people and being being like the yeller leader. I, I don't think that's me, but I know I know like for example Draymond Green, he does that extremely well. He does it on the court, and you could see it. But um, I think being that silent leader, you know, has great characteristics for me, and I feel like I could take that. You know, when you're working on a pro or a, you know a company, I think that that definitely has has. Uh, that's just the plan. Yep. Uh, Alex, you want to answer that? And then I'll go. Um, I think the biggest thing I'll take away from it is I think like, well, the main two things, perseverance or hard work, um, I think is re- really important. But on like, on a more like negative note, wow, I think that's a big, big uh, into life um, into being successful. I think sometimes like love is just part of it. I think the same thing happens. You can see, especially in basketball, you know, like you can, sometimes you work harder than the person next to you and it just doesn't work out. It doesn't reflect like in your play or even in your minutes. And that's just how life goes. Sometimes you just have to keep working um, and, and kind of hope for the best and control what you can control. Sometimes you can't control everything, but at least take care, take care of your end. I think that's the biggest, biggest thing I took away from it. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot I can add to that. Um, Alex, I totally agree. I think something basketball has taught me just in my entire career, like playing it, it's really, I've never worked harder on anything else, you know, like not just physically, but mentally as well. It's, it's, it's taught me, like you said, perseverance and just how to be hardworking and holding myself accountable, knowing if I'm giving something my all or if I'm kind of just trying to go through the motions so I can catch myself on that, um, from now on easily, easily, um, also kind of to John's point about leadership, it's, it's taught me how to speak to people like um, John was talking about the quiet leader and someone who's more of an outgoing uh, vocal leader like Draymond Green. Um, I think it's important to uh, use different styles and different approaches to the different people that you're talking to because not everyone receives stuff the same way. So that's an important thing to remember when um just in everyday life, the people you're talking to, how they might want to be talked to and, and, uh, vice versa. So yeah, those things I've taken away from it and I'm really grateful for. That's awesome. I was gonna, you know, kind of switching topics again, another way to go back to you guys, you guys season last year. I mean, obviously it's been a while since you guys have been on the court, um, competing, but it's probably been a long time since you thought about this stuff. But, um, I always like asking this to players. Cause I know when I was playing basketball in high school, this was kind of one thing that made basketball so much fun was, and especially in college basketball in particular, but it's like the activity that happens on the benches and rituals and the excitement that comes from, from, I think there's not a lot of sports that you can say there's as much excitement going on on the bench. 
Um, yeah, I mean, basketball is all about getting the bench involved. And so I always love to hear kind of any kind of like rituals or stuff or that you guys did last year and whether that was something the coaching staff emphasized for you guys to do. I think being on the bench or, or should the energy you show on the bench, I think it's just a huge mental thing. It's either you're, you're mad or whatever that you're not on the court, you're not playing or you're happy for the guys that are playing and you really want to win and you want to do everything that you can do to help the team win. So I think we have a bunch of, bunch of guys who are just happy to be part of the team. happy to do it, do everything they can. Like, like Brennan Corrigan has, hasn't played a college game in years. Basically, he was always injured, but he's always the loudest guy, always hyping everybody up, taking care of the handshakes before the game. So guys like that are really important to the team, especially that little, we have like a two-week stretch in the middle of this uh, the season when all everybody's out of class, basically. So you go to away games, it's half empty. Home games are half empty. And it, it can be kind of depressing sometimes. The weather sucks. But then you have those guys behind you, those 10 guys on the bench or whatever, and it kind of they can kind of change the whole flow of the game, the whole attitude and, and mentality you have going into it. So I think it's especially in Division Three. I think it's really really important. Yeah, um, definitely bench, like you said, Evan. It's a huge huge thing in college basketball. You don't see it as much in the NBA, but bench energy is something every college basketball team prioritizes because, like what they just said, it's a big part of the mental game. You know, if you're say like i think one thing that was obviously most college teams do this but like if a player on the court takes a charge like everyone on the bench it's like everyone on the bench is getting up they're cheering they're trying to get like you're hyped for your teammate because we just got we just got the ball from like solely effort you know so it's nice to know that when you sub out or you're just hanging out on the bench not getting as much minutes as you'd like to that the guys who are sitting there with you have your back despite whatever their own personal agenda is, you know, we're all rooting for each other and uh, it feels good to step out of the game and you might've messed up, but a player is going to tell you, one of your teammates is going to tell you, yo, it's all good. Um, and just reassure you that to just reassure you to try to keep your head in the game and play the best basketball that you can for the team. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I've, I've always loved. We that. love charges. Yeah, no, I've always loved that about basketball. It's like the, the way that, a bench gets so hyped when a guy takes a charge or it's the fourth quarter and a guy's hit back-to-back threes, whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's rooting guys on from the sideline in every sport, but basketball has got a special kind of like camaraderie of just like the bench driving each other crazy. And I think you especially see that in college basketball because teams are so close and you guys are just traveling together and there's just a special connection that you guys have. So I've, I've, I've always loved watching that kind of stuff. Um, a different kind of question more just focused on the past year that I have is, um, you know, with everything being canceled and just life being completely different, what kind of stuff have you guys done during the past year to keep your shots in, you know, in rhythm or just kind of keep your body in shape? You know, has your was your training very different over the past year than it had been in the past? Or, you know, I was just would love to pick your guys' brains on that. Uh, for me personally, it was it was pretty weird going into the season because we Honestly, I had no idea going back to coming back to school that our season was obviously kind of up in the air. But I think everybody at the beginning of the year, at least deep down, thought it was still going to happen. So I think guys were more or less still committed and going through their regimen. For me back home, like we got pretty lucky with COVID initially. So when I first came back um, from Chapman in the spring, everything was terrible, you know, complete lockdown, couldn't do anything. But then over the summer, everything basically got lifted. Everything was good. So we were able to travel. So I had a great summer with traveling, but I could go to the gym. I have a trainer I work out with. I could do that multiple times. So I was basically ready to go when I, when I came back. And then 
it's obviously just kind of slap in the face. Um, not just because obviously we just love to play basketball, get out there and compete. It's just the pre- all the preparation and the work you put in kind of feels like, I don't know, <laughs> it, it took it from you just in like a split second. But I mean, yeah, you can you can decide how you handle that. If you either give up and let you let that affect your actual your life or, or your aspirations, or if you use that as an opportunity to get better in something else. So yeah, I mean, me honestly. Yeah. Uh, working out over the pandemic was definitely a struggle because of the things that Alex just said, like gyms being closed and stuff. There's much more, much less opportunities to get the type of work that you would during a normal off season. Um, for me, especially it was a struggle because there's a guy I work with, um, work out with at least in the summer. Um, but you don't really want to see people who you're not sure what they're doing because of the pandemic. So I didn't see him as much as I would have liked to. And I definitely, my workout regimen got, it got smaller and I wasn't as dedicated to it because there was no real clarity if we were going to have a season or not. Um, but I think that has been a good lesson because it's taught me what, uh, what ways I want to be healthy and, and continue to exercise, um, without basketball in my life. So that's something I've learned from it, but there's, there's, uh, there's only so much work you can really do when, uh, when there's a pandemic and stuff like this, you have no gym, but it's, it's about making the most of the resources that you have at your disposal, uh, which obviously varies for each person. Well, what TD was saying is like spot on because I think the motivate, like the motivation to work out without like having a, you know, having a clear purpose, like basketball gave you that clear purpose to get shots up and stuff. So I think, I think having just to do it for your own, like healthy sake is, is definitely tougher than just going. And if like you were to tell me to give up a thousand shots, I think it would be way easier than go telling me to work out seven days a week just for, you know, just to stay healthy. I think, I think the motivation part was, was definitely a, a different factor, but yeah. it was definitely a different challenge though. Mm-hmm. Having something that you're like training for and working towards, like obviously provides you with a sense of purpose, which makes it all kind of worth it. So it's definitely a, a, a switch you have to flip in your head when there's no real uh, purpose other than just to keep your body healthy and look, look the way you want to. So it's a thing that we'll all have to adapt to eventually um, for all the student athletes listening, but um, it's a change that I welcome. And uh, I think we're going to head into a break. Uh, once we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to do a fun little segment that we call the hot seat. And you guys will have to stay tuned to see what that's about. And then we're going to talk about um, the NBA and who each of us picked for the all-star starters, which is happening on March 7th. So stay tuned and uh, we'll be back shortly.
welcome back uh thanks for tuning in again chapman sports radio panther insider right now we're going to be doing um a segment with our two guests uh, and actually thomas is going to play along with them since he's one of their teammates that's it's a new segment we call hot seat so hot seat is basically um where you kind of get some inside stuff that you wouldn't get anywhere else on any other kind of radio show you kind of what's it like being inside the team you got stories about players i mean these guys aren't just teammates with each other they're also roommates so these guys spend a lot of time with each other and i'm sure they've got a lot of really great stories so uh these guys do not know what each other's prepared stories are but they're all gonna kind of you know get some you know get some talk going that that i'm excited to hear so thomas take it away yeah so i'm gonna start off first uh i'm putting alex on the hot seat this is just kind of a funny story from our season uh I believe it was a Friday or Saturday practice, and um, we were out. We were out at night the night before. I stayed up a little too late and went to practice the next morning. And uh, we were playing. It was we were doing a drill where there was some live play, and Alex was on a fast break. Um, I've told this story many a times because I'll never let him live it down. But Alex was on a fast break and. I was chasing him down because I think I had just turned the ball over or something. And he he tried to dunk on me, but I pinned him off glass, uh, meaning I blocked him off the backboard. I, and unfortunately, my teammates were all still down the court. So one of the guys on his team who was trailing just got the rebound and put up the layup. But I remember sitting on the ground like after I blocked him and I was like, man, I just did all that work for them to get a layup anyways. So... Uh, Alex, I hope you feel uncomfortable and, and embarrassed on the hot seat on uh, live radio right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can take that slander. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there's a story about John, definitely. I don't know if, they're, if there's the right environment to tell some of those, but I, I can I can get some insight what it's like living with John and, and Thomas for sure. Um, during the winter, and no one else is at Chapman, even outside of interterm, um, both living at Grand, like different apartments, but they're both living in Grand. Uh, so I would have to Uber to some practice or whatever, but I would sometimes I would just ride with John. And the number one John does, which I've been Thomas knows is like the weirdest thing ever. So we get into like under under Wilson Field into the parking garage, and there'll be 450 free parking spots, one right next to the elevator, and he'll pick the one that's the furthest away. And he, he doesn't even notice that he does it. He'll, pick, he'll park at the furthest way possible. So we have the furthest walk. And then, he's, and then every time we say something, he's like, oh, you, you just want to Uber back? You want to walk back? So I'll take the shuttle. So, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of those <laughs> where he has a bunch of leverage on us that, that we can we can bring up. But, yeah, that's the one thing that probably comes and I remember from those dog days in the winter for sure. Very good. Yeah, yeah, no, I I was literally – I drove them. them like so Alex and I lived in the same apartment complex, so I'd always just pick him up. And – uh and I, and then I always picked up Thomas. He was like, he was kind of on the way to, uh, to the gym. So yeah, I remember that <laughs> I was just trying to be safe my car. I didn't want it to get dinged up, but yeah. So my story is going to be about Thomas. And so we were at, we were in the middle of the season. I think it was like heart of the season. Uh, we had a random home game. I forgot who it was against. I can't remember, but so there's like a huge routine, like a pregame and we do layup and out of nowhere, I'm going, I'm going to shoot. And Thomas literally goaltends my shot, <laughs> goaltends my shot. And I was just like, I kind of laughed it off at first. I was like, oh, whatever. And then that proceeding, like 
the second time he like skipped the line to go to me and I was just going for a layup and he, I literally, he literally like swatted me so bad. And it was so, and I, after a while, like he did it like multiple times. It wasn't just like twice. It was like four or five times and I was getting so pissed. And then eventually I just like, I just kind of gave up. I was just like, what do I do? And I just kept like doing layups to the moon. Like you see Steph Curry doesn't warm up, warm up. So he wouldn't block me. Yeah. And so I kind of took, I took too much pride in it, but yeah. <laughs> To John's credit, a lot of the times that I would go up and try to block him, he'd still finish anyways. Or I think he might have dunked on me once or twice when when that happened. But just trying to add a little energy to the warmups. If the, if the coaches saw it, they probably wouldn't have been too excited about it because it could be considered goofing off. But we're yeah, having a fun God time trying to get energy and spirits high. So it's the sacrifices we we are willing to make. Love that. Love those stories. That's the that's the kind of stuff you only get, um, you know, when your teammates, um, which is awesome. And also when you live together, you just get those kind of stories like multiply. It's almost like every day there's like probably stuff going on. Um, now, Thomas, I was planning on doing um, like the like a kind of like a this or that type question, both basketball and non-basketball edition. Just kind of like I'm going to choose one of these guys and just kind of like rapid fire, ask them questions. Are you guys cool yep, with that? Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, let's have Alex go first. I just kind of put a bunch of these on a dock. So I'll do Alex and then Thomas, we'll have maybe you do John afterwards or something. Okay. First question is, uh, would you rather airball a layup or missile or airball a three pointy or miss a wide open layup? Oh, I've missed a couple layups in my days. I think that a bunch of the guys can attest to that. I mean, I smoke layups for fun sometimes, but um, I think I'd rather I'd rather miss a wide open three. I think I'm not known for a shooter, so I could I could live with the humiliation. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you're a big dude, so a lot of your games around the rim, you missing wide open layups. I mean, that's that's your bread and butter, so <laughs> that's gonna hurt. Yep. I hear that. Um, next one is: uh, Would you rather get posterized or get your ankles broken? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one because I'm a bigger guy. I feel like it kind of diminishes like the embarrassment of getting crossed by like a shorter guy because getting dunked on when you're one of the tallest players on the court. Uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take the ankle breaker. I'd, I'd rather get crossed. But you know, one thing that's uh, what's tough. You are you can be real vulnerable as a big guy if you if you get dunked on by a guard. That's the thing. If you get dunked on by yeah. a guy who's just got hops and he's like six two, and you yeah. just posterize by him, that looks tough on you. Oh yeah, that's over time for sure. Uh, the last one I have is kind of you as a fan. I know you're an NBA guy, so would you rather be loyal to a team but never win a championship, or be hated, uh, but for not being loyal, but you're winning three championships? Like your team wins three championships. Okay. Fan. LeBron fans. Okay. Um, I, I think I'd rather support one team. Um, I don't right now. I don't really have an NBA team. My last team that I really liked was OKC with Kevin Durant. Um, but then I kind of fizzled out after he, like, I'm a soccer guy too. And the team I support, I support from back home, we suck. Like we really, really suck. So I'm used to not winning and I still love watching them play. So the wins mean even more. So I, I guess I'll, I'll stick to one team, even through the, through the bad time. Absolutely. No, I'm with you on that. Loyalty, loyalty comes up, you know, plus you just like, you don't get crap from people as much. If, and then, and then also if your team ends up figuring it out, you're like one of the loyal ones who was always around. So. And you look, it looks good on you. Uh, Thomas, you go ahead. You got anything for John? 
Yeah. Um, John, uh, I got one for you. Would you rather be the star player on a losing team or a role player who comes off the bench on a winning team? Um, I'd honestly rather be the role player um, because I think the credit that you get from your teammates is way is going to be obviously more important. And you, uh, and if you're, you're in the NBA, you don't get as scrutinized from the media if you're being a role player on that team. But like being a star on a bad team, you always you always get criticized. So, yeah, yep. Um, Jeff, for those of you who don't know, John is from the Bay Area. He's a fan of the Warriors. So, I have to ask, who uh, is your least favorite team and player in the NBA, and why? Ooh, least favorite team? Uh, probably, I'd say the Lakers. The fan base is the fan base is toxic. So I would say that my least favorite <laughs> player, my least favorite player you probably know is LeBron. Least favorite yep. that I don't like, but I respect his game. All right. And then I'm giving you uh, the opportunity to put us all on the hot seat. Uh, looking at the way Alex and I both play basketball, who do you think is a professional uh, professional player who we mimic their game or they you know, they obviously oh, no. don't mimic our oh, game, no. who we play similar <laughs> oh, to. God. The comparison? Okay. Yeah. Um, Feel free to honestly, go crazy on this one. Okay. I'm trying, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, I think for Thomas, yeah. your ceiling is Russell Westbrook for sure. Rebounding guard that, you know, can pass the ball, good driver. He's fast. Um, That's the yeah. one thing from what I've seen. Thomas Thomas pushes the ball like Westbrook. Yeah, and I, I would say John. I would say John Wall too. He's good because the like speed with the ball is so underrated in the game. And I feel like Thomas. He's like an end to end guard that can just sprint. So I'm giving him that. <laughs> I, I think appreciate I'm gonna, that. I'm That's, gonna, high yeah. That's high praise. That's high praise. I'm gonna disrespect Alex here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I knew. I knew this was coming. Soon okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Alex. Uh, I didn't give Thomas a floor because I can't think of one. Alex's floor is Udonis Haslam for sure. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Yeah, and then that's, that's outrageous. That's okay, outrageous your ceiling. Better. Okay, okay, your ceiling Jesus is Christ. Hassan Whiteside. Uh, I mean, you know what? I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, there's absolutely no motor or energy and. No defensive IQ, but I'll take I'll take the length. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say I was gonna say Bam, but his mid range game is kind of nice, and I don't think you have that yet. So I'm giving you a song. Wow, this, I don't yeah, I don't know. About you just this don't take right it. here, Thomas. I feel like you can make it. <laughs> You're you forgetting Alex runs the break pretty nah, well. Right. All right, you know I'll, <laughs> I'll give Alex some credit with this one. I, I mean, I've seen Alex play a few games. Obviously, I don't play on a team with Alex, so these guys would know way more. But to put some respect on his name, I I see a little um, Siakam. In him, you know, just kind of yeah, like yeah. he's got some scoring ability. I, I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna. He's not Hassan, Hassan Whiteside to me is the only time, the only points he's getting there, putbacks or lobs. <laughs> yeah. And like mm-hmm. Alex has got more. I appreciate that, Evan. <laughs> Alex exactly is by no means a clunky it. big man. I got a question for you guys. You know, since we're talking a little bit more about the NBA now, um, who? Uh, we'll start off with John. Um, John, who's the best NBA duo right now? If it's if they're healthy, or no? Just yeah, right. let's say let's no. say whole league, uh, everyone's healthy. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I want to say 
a duo from the Nets, but they have three players, so they don't really have a duo. But I think, wow, the bias is going to come out of me. All healthy, obviously. Just say Steph it. Just Clay. say it. Yeah, Steph and Clay. Yeah. But it, that's just because of the pedigree and what they, you know, what what they've done. They've they've been successful together, you know, with with and without Katie. So I think I have to give them that. Yep, I respect that. That's a good call, Alex. Okay, got- so. Or Tommy. Oh, yeah, we'll let Alex speak. Now, go ahead, Alex. Speak on that. Um, I know. I know what Thomas is going to. I know. He's going to I don't say even know what I'm going to say. Northwest biased. <laughs> um, but I think <laughs> I'm gonna have, I'm have to go Westbrook and Beal. I think. No, okay. Let me let me be serious. Um, I would have to go <laughs> with. Um, Honestly, this year that wouldn't be that bad of a pick. Beal is carrying such a heavy load. I mean, Westbrook. Yeah, he's Dude, better. That yeah. would be a bad he's pick. He's playing like two. That would be a terrible. <laughs> um, oh, I was gonna say the Warriors too, but I'm. I mean, John made a great point with the Nets. If I had to single two of the best guys out, I would pick Kyrie and KD over Harden and KD. So I mean, just just to pick the just to pick the obvious, I'm just gonna say uh, KD and Kyrie easily. No, no love for LeBron and AD. I thought yeah. that would be like the pop, the most popular one. I mean, this guy's just like the defending champs, both MVP candidates. To me, they're right there. To me, they're there. Actually, it's pretty indisputable in my opinion. Um. So now, now that we're talking about the NBA, we're gonna hop into who we all picked for the All Star starters, and we're actually gonna. John had a good idea. We're gonna talk about a key reserve. Um, guy coming off the bench uh, in the All-Star game and then someone who we think may get snubbed. So if anyone is ready, feel free to take the reins. Uh, John, looks like you're ready to speak, so go ahead. Yeah, all right. So for the East, it's kind of like what I want and I think is going to happen. It's like a combination of both. So for the East, the starting five, the backcourt is going to be Kyrie Irving and Beal. And the front court is KD, Giannis, Embiid, um, and a key reserve, I think, is Jalen Brown. He's asserting himself as one of the best two-way, two-way guard players that could guard one through five. Um, and I think one in the snubbed is Zach Levine. I think he's thinking to himself, what else do I have to do to make an all-star game? <laughs> I think he's killing it right now. He's doing everything. But yeah, then for the West, Steph. Luca are the backcourt, and uh, the frontcourt will be LeBron, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Jokic, um, and a key reserve. This is tougher, but I think Paul. Jo- I mean, Paul George is playing really well right now for all the criticism he got in the bubble. So I think he's redeeming himself. And uh, uh, a key snub, Zion, because I think he's playing really well right now. But I think the West is just loaded with front court guys so i think he won't make it but he can get the fan vote i see him getting the fan vote no i have to say those are actually that's pretty damn similar to what i was saying those are some good picks john um so i'll go through my east although it's pretty remarkably similar i actually i don't have Kyrie starting there next to beal uh, on the eastern uh for the guards i mean I, i mean as much as i would love to put Kyrie in there i just feel like I kind of want to have someone else start over him. I mean, I, I'm looking at the voting right now, and obviously 
Beal's got the most votes for guards, um, and Kyrie's got second. But I kind of, you know, I kind of want to have Jalen Brown start. I mean, even though the Celtics aren't quite playing up to their level, I mean, he's leading that team in scoring. And I don't really agree. I agree. Yeah, no, he's good. He's really good. Um, You know, I don't really think that's going to end up happening. I don't think Jalen Brown's going to start, but I would love to see that Uh, just because I don't think Kyrie's necessarily earned it. I think, if anything, his name is getting him a lot of votes, which I understand that's kind of how it goes. Um, But anyway, yeah, so I got got Bradley Beal and Jalen Brown. starting in the backcourt and then my big guys in the Eastern conference, I think, you know, I got to have Joel Embiid in there. Um, he's kind of kicking butt right now. Uh, and then Giannis and Durant, um, which is kind of like right aligned with, with the voters, um, what the voters are saying at this point, but, and then for kind of like a six man off the bench, I'm going to go with, um, I'm gonna go with Trey young. Um, you know, I think fans like him a lot. So, they're going to make sure he's an all-star every year. Um, in my opinion, he's excited to watch. He's perfect for the all-star game. Um, yeah, he's a fan favorite. And for the West, I think I actually might be identical with John. Um, I've got Steph and Luca. Um, you know, Steph's playing, Steph's playing just as Steph does. He does, he's doing what he does every year. And then Luca's up there almost averaging another triple double. Um and then, yeah, in the front court, I've got Jokic, who's probably going to be the MVP this year, especially in the first half. Um, he's kicked my butt in fantasy basketball every week I've played against him, and he's having a career year. Um, and then I've got probably LeBron and AD. I don't know if I want Kawhi to start there. Um, that's going to come down to whether they want to start LeBron because, you know, whoever they're going to put it small forward. I just think they're going to do it with LeBron. He's getting older and, and everyone wants to see him start um, pretty much until he's, until he's going to retire in terms of my six man. I think I'm going to go with Zion also. Um, He's kind of got that similar Trey young factor in the fact that like fans love him. He's perfect for the all-star game. I actually, especially, I want to see him in the dunk contest. Um, So yeah, no, that's who I got, which is pretty similar to John. Um, I'll get the, I'll get my West out of the way at the beginning, since I think we all have the, almost the exact same lineup. So obviously I have to go with Stefan Luca as the guards in the West. Um, then I'll go with Kawhi, LeBron and Jokic. I mean, these pretty much picked themselves almost, um, as an important bench player, I picked John Morant. I think he makes that team like just ticking. I think without, without him, they are 15 wins worse. So, um, I think he deserves to be an all this year arguably last year as well. I think someone who might get snubbed again, which I don't have, and I think Devin Booker, I think he should have been an all-star every single year outside of his um, his rookie rookie season, but so the Suns were just so bad previously. So I think he deserves to be there, be in there, but I think he might, it might happen again he's, that he might not make it. He's hard to play well. That's what I'll say about Booker is he, he kind of had a slow start, but he did like over the past like, yeah. games, he's picking it up. So I could see it happening. Yeah, I hope he, he makes it. Then in the East, I try to go a little bit unconventional. It's not the most realistic team. I don't think these people are going to start, but they deserve it. But I think just because of the big name factor uh, with some of the bigger guys in the East, like Kyrie and Harden and stuff, it might be a little bit tough. I picked uh, Zach Levine and Bradley Beal as my guards. I think Levine, obviously, deser- I think he deserves it. I don't think he's going to get it, but he definitely deserves to be an all-star starter. And then I picked uh, Durant, Giannis, and Julius Randle. Randall should definitely be an all-star this year. I doubt he's going to start. I think guys like Joel Embiid will definitely be above him. 
But yeah, I try to go a little bit unconventional with some of the guys I like this season. And uh, a, I think a key bench guy, Jeremy Grant, I think he deserves it if he can kind of put it together for the rest of the season, at least until the All-Star break. I think he deserves to be an All-Star for sure. I think he started really well. And I really want to see some of those guys that usually don't make it, um, that they kind of get a chance as well. So those guys should definitely make it. I think a snub might be Fred Van Vliet. I don't think he's going to make it, but I think there's a very valid argument for him to be an All-Star. I think he's arguably more important than Kyle Lowry for the Raptors, arguably, obviously. So, I mean, there's going to be some guys that disagree. He, he's kind of like the main guy on the team. He's the main scoring option for, I mean, a pretty decent team. So I think he deserves to be a first-time All-Star here for sure. I like. Those. I really like Alex's picks. I was, I was gonna say I like those a lot. Um, Van Fleet, I'm a I'm a Van Fleet fan. He's put up a couple games, forty plus. I think even fifty once. Um, he he's a, he's a coming up star. So I, I like that a lot. Same 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 thing with Jeremy Grant. I think he's a guy who doesn't get a lot of attention. So I like those. Yeah. Okay. Um, Evan and John, at least practically carbon copying the popular vote, which is not. Everything that is considered, the popular vote is taken into consideration when they make the all-star picks, but the media and coaches also have the larger say, which I don't think they're really understanding or taking into consideration. So I don't like their picks. Um, but for the West, for the West, I also they're not taking into consideration the records of the teams of these guys who are playing. So this is going to be the correct all-star picks and I'm the one telling you them. So we got in the front court in the West, or sorry, the back court, we got Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. Clearly Steph Curry is an in because of how he's been playing, even though the Warriors are, I mean, they're 15 and 13. They're doing what they can. And then Damian Lillard is the the clear second pick above Luka. They played the other day. Damian Lillard, they beat them pretty handily. Luka had a good game, yeah, but... Look at their records. Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers are 17 and 10. Yusuf Nurkic out. Zach Collins out. CJ McCollum out. Three of okay. their five starters gone. Damian Lillard is carrying that team. I just have They're to 17 say, and 10. Your bias is killing me. I know. I just much. have to say, we know Thomas is a big Blazers fan. Let me just say this about the All Star game is about who the fans want to see. And as much as I love Dame, no, he, he probably no. Let me just finish this. He might be a better point guard than Luca, but Luca is more exciting for the fans. I, they're both exciting, but go ahead. Go ahead. People listening, I just said this, did I not? It's not all about the popular vote. Coaches and media and record is taken into consideration. It's about half and half. That's why I'm saying Damian Lillard with the 17 and 10 record at the moment and three of his five starters gone, he's going to be the guy that gets the nod. Luca is a very hyped media favorite. Like you said, like, uh, fans like him and that's why he was in the running for the MVP in the like first 10 games even though he should not have been because he was playing terribly like look at his shooting percentages and his turnovers I like Luka Doncic but Damian Lillard at the moment gets the nod I think every time by anyone in the NBA um, and then I'll, I'll follow up with the front court Kawhi Leonard um, he's sat out some games but he's he's just a guy who when he's playing his best basketball there's not a ton of guys in the league better than him. LeBron James, obviously having an MVP MVP type year. And then Nikola Jokic, great player. Like Evan said, I agree with him on that one. Um, he's having a killer year, putting up some crazy stat lines and triple doubles. Unfortunately, the Nuggets are underperforming a little bit, but that's not to his fault. I would put that on Jamal Murray. I'll put that on and Murray. then a key reserve. Yeah. yeah. A key reserve 
I think in the West is Donovan Mitchell. He is lead, like the leader of the 23 and five jazz who are, have the best record in the NBA by far. He's not getting the votes that all the fans are giving him be, or that all the fans are putting in because um, the jazz are really just solid team and they don't have like, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is the clear star, but he's not putting up any sort of numbers like, like Luka Doncic or Dame are putting up. So he's my key reserve off the bench. And then I think a snub is going to be Chris Paul. I, I think with, um, yeah, that's a good point. Evan, Evan said small economy city in Utah. So he's not getting a lot of uh, fan votes there. And I totally agree, but CP three is my snub for the West. He's having a really good season and he's, a big part of why the Suns actually he's a, he's the most critical part of why the Suns have the record they do after him coming in. Um, so I think he's going to get s- snubbed because he, he's a glue guy, but more than that, he's just a really good point guard and he deserves to be in the all-star game, but because of the stats, I don't think he's going to be. And then in the East, I have Beal. Um, Beal's the clear, the clear end there. I think we all agreed on that. And then like Alex, I have Zach Levine. He's putting up um, the same numbers as Kyrie Irving and more rebounds. They're both averaging 28.2 points per game, um, but he's playing for the Bulls. He doesn't have KD and James Harden next to him. So I think he's the clear guard in uh, the clear other guard aside from Beal in the East because of how he's been carrying that injured and depleted Bulls team. And they almost have a 500 record. They're overperforming by my book. And I think because of his snubs in the past, a lot of guys like media members and coaches are going to give credit where credit is due this year. So like Alex, I got Levine. Um, Then big guys in the East, Embiid, Giannis, and KD. I was really close to putting Julius Randle ahead of Giannis, but um, Giannis is just putting up the numbers he usually does. So you can't really... You can't really not put him in the starting five in the East, even though the Bucks are underperforming, but Embiid is having an MVP type year. And then we know Kevin, what Kevin Durant is doing. I think he does not even clo- close to deserve an MB- MVP because he's playing with James Harden and Kyrie. So it kind of annoys me when he's in the conversation for that because his team is so stacked. Um, and they're not even winning that many games. So it's like, I don't think he's worthy of that, but he's definitely an all-star starter. And then, like Alex, Jeremy Grant is my key reserve. He's having an awesome season. A lot of people were complaining about um, how he got a max deal after being a role player in Denver, but he's clearly worth it. The points he's putting up and the numbers he's putting up and what he's doing for that Pistons team, which has they don't have a great roster, and they got a lot of young guys, so he's carrying them. Um, even Blake, he's playing a lot better than Blake Griffin, which most people wouldn't think. And then my snub is Colin Sexton. I think he's been doing, he had a really good start of the year, like crazy performances start of the year. And it's slowed down as of late, but he's doing a lot for that Cleveland Cavaliers team who's overperforming. They're playing a lot of teams really tough. And I think he's just going to get overlooked because Cleveland is an unpopular place. And uh, Colin Sexton in the past has had a lot of disrespect to his name. So I think he's going to get snubbed, but I think he's worthy of being there. And that's that's it for me. We should wrap up though, because we got about a minute left. We do. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, um, I, all you guys had really, really good picks, and I think it was really difficult to do uh, to pick our players because Thomas, you kind of said this, but like there are so many guys who are kind of having career years. This yeah. is the first year that I've seen mm-hmm. like. 
the guys that we've been waiting to become into their prime are finally kind of exploding. Guys like yeah. Jokic are finally at the level we thought they would be at. Uh, guys like Embiid is finally like, all right, now he's actually an MVP candidate. Um, who else? I mean, Tatum and um, yeah. yeah, I mean, got all the guys on the Celtics are finally playing at the level we've been waiting mm-hmm. them to. So there's a lot of guys where we kind of like see the next generation of stars, which I think is exciting, but it makes it hard to kind of pick guys mm-hmm. um, for an all-star team. It does. Yeah. With that said, I think we, we're probably going to have to end the show now. Um, thank you guys for you know listening in and thank you for to John and Alex for joining Thomas and I. It was really great having you guys on. I had a lot of fun. Yep. Enjoyed having you guys on. All right. So we're going to, Close off the show. Thanks for listening. Tuesdays, four to five. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. Peace.